straight from the duck pond. This is Groover Solutions. I'm your host, Chuck Groover. And just kind of a... I know last week I kind of did the reintroduction to this podcast and went on talking about cryptocurrencies and the crypto market and kind of was really down on it because pointing out all the things that I see wrong with it. And, well, this week I will continue on that, kind of on that, on the concept of the cryptocurrency markets, but I won't spend as much time on what I see wrong with it. I think I did probably too good of a job last week, or in the last episode. But one thing I do kind of want to do is, I realized afterwards that... There were some things I wanted to say that I didn't say, and some things I did say that I didn't quite properly explain, and I just want to clear up one of those, and that was that whole internet analogy. That came about because on another podcast, I heard someone base one of the one-coin Bitcoin maximalists say the the reason why he sees Bitcoin as being the only one that's going to survive is that there is only one in- internet. Well, the flaw, well, besides the obvious flaw in that, that technically you've got the internet, you've got the dark net, plus a number of companies still have their own intranets. But the concept of just there only being one internet, yeah. But the internet's not restricted in being capped off at a number of websites available. Bitcoin only has so many available. In fact, this morning I was actually listening to a podcast where it was talking to an actual investor who views Bitcoin in the positive, but he views it as still working with our current financial system because of there only being so many Bitcoin available it's going to become to a point where no one's going to want to spend their Bitcoin so and that kind of goes along with what I was saying I can't remember if I said it in the last podcast but I'm pretty sure I did that there's going to come a point where if, if we only have one cryptocurrency the people who have who have it aren't going to be willing to part with it to allow those that don't have it to have any. My in my view, it's basically a core group of people wanting to get rid of the central banks in order to become the next central bank. But that's enough on the negatives. What I really want to do is get into some of the pot. Well, kind of. I'd probably say this one's kind of more neutral, in that this week I actually saw an article where it was talking about, and it kind of goes from neutral into leading into the more positive stuff, and that's how Germany, a country who, part of the EU, where you hear a lot of the, the central bank saying, oh, we need to regulate Bitcoin, Bitcoin's evil type thing, Germany won't tax you on on 
any payments you make with cryptocurrency. Unlike here in the US where we end up having to pay capital gains or losses if we do anything with our cryptocurrency other than hold it. If we go out and buy a cup of coffee with it, we pay capital gains tax or, ca or have to file losses depending on what the level of that particular coin was at when we bought it. And one thing I would almost say is those of us here in the US, we should really try and figure out how to kind of get the IRS to listen to us and that yeah if we're doing the trades and stuff like it's a stock market I don't mind it being charged with capital gains tax because I'm treating it like a stock but if it's being used to purchase something even within the whole market system if we bought some Bitcoin and we didn't immediately turn it and flip it to buy an altcoin on another exchange and we gain, had a gain on it, we have to pay capital gains tax on that. That is, I would say, that would be a purchase that probably shouldn't have capital gains tax put on. I, I mean, I could see like an income tax type thing, like if, like how with foreign currencies, if I were to go to an exchange and swap out, say, a hundred dollars for a hundred euros, because I was planning on going on a trip over, over to Europe, but then the trip got canceled and I forget about those hundred euros until I really need them, I go back and exchange them, and those hundred euros are now, or that hundred dollars worth of euros is now worth $150, I wouldn't mind mentioning that, yeah, I had a $50 income gain, and we only have, would have to really, from what I've seen on the internet, I know you don't believe everything you see on the internet, but from what I've read, it would just be considered as, in, as regular income for tax purposes, not capital gains tax. But again, if I were to use Bitcoin to if I were to go and buy, say, Cardano and hold it and then go and then sell the Cardano for for Bitcoin to then cash out as US dollars or sell the Cardano for Bitcoin and have a have what would amount to being a an income gain on it, I can see doing the capital gains tax. But for but a lot of what I invest in are, as I've probably said in the last episode, are the ones that I could see myself actually using, which is more of the payment version, altcoins, like Litecoin, Bitcoin, Dash, to an extent Ethereum, even though it was designed not specifically for payment, but a lot of people will use it for payment. I mean, you look at most of our, at the, most of the exchanges, you're either going to be using Ethereum or Bitcoin to buy your other alts. So that kind of also kind 
goes into some of the positive side of crypto because we start seeing other countries that are, I won't say fully looking favorably, but they're taking a more favorable stance, especially tax purposes, than the U.S. is. And that's where I get in with some of the positive aspects of crypto. I mean, I know... A lot of people say it came about as a way of replacing the financial system to where we're not reliant on like the Federal Reserve or the central banks. And my opinion is if the Federal Reserve and the central banks do somehow fail and finally implode from the policies of continuously printing money the way that they have been and not remedying the underlying situations yeah cryptocurrencies are really going to be useful but then even with our current financial systems in place i can see cryptocurrency the crypto bitcoin especially the payment ones being very useful i mean we are now living pretty much in a global economy and to me, even with the Federal Reserve here in the U.S., our fiat money, I can see a global currency also being very useful. And that's what a lot of these can be. Especially the, more you, the ones that are like Litecoin and Dash that are designed and are becoming more able to be used as payments because of the number of coins available and all of that. I mean, I know there, other than eBay and a couple other websites that I purchased from that happen to the sellers be in China, but they have everything priced in U.S. dollars so I pay in US dollars, I don't have to worry about converting, but I also know on eBay, and I usually skip those sellers, there are some sellers that have their country's currency listed as the buying price, and it will either show in italics or in small print what it is in US dollars. And I usually skip those listings because I don't want to have to deal with the fact of going through PayPal, and then also having to add on the exchange, <clears throat> an exchange fee that I believe from selling on eBay that I've heard and seeing on the seller's board mentioning of for people buying through basically from foreign, from different countries having to deal with. But then also, and then also I recently bought a Trezor hardware wallet for me to store my uh, various coins on and I know everyone says oh don't buy it from Amazon because you don't know if you're going to be getting an authentic one and you don't know if you're going to be getting one that hasn't been already used or if the private keys are still safe well I ended up buying mine from Amazon because all of the hardware wallets unless you buy them off of Amazon, you're having to buy them from, it looked like, I know Ledger and Trezor, both of their sites 
only showed a euro price, so I'm guessing that they are only that they are local to somewhere in Europe. But if you live in the U.S., you would have to go and figure. Okay, eighty-five euros. Okay, at when I was looking at the current exchange rate, that was about a hundred ten dollars. Then on top of that, it's another twenty-two euros for shipping. <clears throat> for international shipping, and I'm pretty sure on top of that, I would have also had to have paid some sort of fee to convert my U.S. dollars that I would be using to pay into those euros that they would be accepting. Where if things like Litecoin, Bitcoin, Dash, Ethereum, even Bitcoin Cash, for the, I know some of you are haters on it, but with they do have a community around that probably won't fully keep it from dying, whether you want to admit it or not. And I will say I'm not a big fan of Bitcoin Cash, but also out of everything I have, I've had, and I think Dash might be one that I recently acquired that follows the same thing. Their Bitcoin values are still worth more than their U.S. dollar values are. So, you can take that however you want. <laughs> but, getting back to this whole global economy thing, <clears throat> using something like, the, like one of the coins, Bitcoin, or one of the altcoins that are designed as a currency or a form of payment, you don't, you wouldn't have to worry about converting U.S. dollars to euros or yens or whatever that country's fiat is, if they just take the altcoin that you have, it's... you don't have to worry about additional fees for changing from one form of fiat to another. And to an extent, I've heard about this being used in positive ways similar to this where I've heard on a number of podcast about three different podcasts three different organizations working with migrant workers and using various forms of crypto as remittance basically where the migrant worker sends a portion of what they make back home to their family in their home country the first one I heard, they basically were doing it more as the middleman, so the migrant workers have no clue that a cryptocurrency is being used, but it's still being used to cut down on the fees that are tacked on if they were, as opposed to of using something like Western Union or what they, or anything else they may currently be using, because to these migrant workers, they make very little money. And they're sending about half of that paycheck back home. So the least amount that they have to pay in fees is the best for them. Although it does bring up a funny thing that it makes me question the Bitcoin Cash people of the whole Bitcoin Cash is Bitcoin because the guy that was running this organization that was doing 
basically using the remittance remittance offices as using crypto for or and or the blockchain for transmitting for sending the money from the migrant workers to their families and everything. He was mentioning how in France rather than using Bitcoin like what they're using in South Korea they're actually in France having to use Stellar because it is not Bitcoin. And the reason why is because France, they don't want people using Bitcoin because when they hear Bitcoin, it's just like when I was talking to my boss at one point before he started looking into it. And I'm sure most people who aren't in the whole cryptocurrency thing, you ask them the first thing they think of when they think of Bitcoin, they're going to think of pretty much like what Bill Gates said, it being used for drugs, illegal activities, terrorism, terrorism, basically all these negative things that really when you look at the technology, you're better off using cash than pretty much any of the cryptos with the exception of maybe Monero, maybe some of the other private coins. I'm not sh sure how well the privacy actually works on any of them. But just straight Bitcoin, you're not really all that private, or you're not as anonymous as you think. But in, as an extension of that, I could also, I mean, besides just me not having to worry about, I see something I want to get, and... I have to purchase it, but it's, if I purchase it, I have to buy it from someone in another country and having to convert U.S. dollars, my basically U.S. fiat to their fiat, whatever their currency is there, having a common payment method between us that cuts out that. And technically, even with traveling, you wouldn't have to worry about, because I know and that would, and this kind of leads into my next one with traveling. I've known some people to go to a foreign country that what they've had to do to have money to take to the exchanges to get the local currency when they get to the country they're going to, they actually have to go to the bank and get crisp, uncirculated bills. I mean, the bills can't have any folds. They, I mean, they have to be pretty much pristine straight from the Treasury Department just off the press in order for some of these foreign exchanges to take them. And, and if these cryptocurrencies were to become kind of a global thing where we don't have to worry about converting to whatever the local currency is, we could still purchase stuff with whatever cryptocurrency we have. It's one less hassle for travel. And I will mention I am a Christian, and that's where this next part comes in, because a lot of these people were missionaries, but they were going to an open, one of the more open countries, I believe in Africa, so it's not like they were going someplace that oh, missionaries aren't allowed, or Christians aren't allowed, type thing. But I can also see this being used in helping to support missionaries, because I know there's a number, 
that there's very few missionary organizations that provide the full support for their missionaries. A lot of missionaries, they might have a sending organization, but they have to go and do their own fundraising, get of getting churches to support them, individuals to support them. So a lot of them are basically barely getting by on the brief, almost like a migrant worker. They are having to survive and do with what they're being provided and any fees that they would have to encounter of switching the currency from whatever their supporters are providing them with to the local currency. I could see if they didn't have to deal with the fees, those fees, they would be able to do so much more because a lot of, I mean, some of them are out. I know a missionary that's going over to, to the Ukraine this week and he does a lot of helping out with like just construction stuff and just helping out where there's a need, not just preaching the gospel. I mean, yeah, he does preach the gospel to people and as he's led, but he also helps meet needs of those there too. So he's not just there to preach the gospel and that's it. He's actually helping these people as well and there's a lot of missionaries that oh you might look at what they they might look at what they do as the first thing they do is show these people that they care by helping them physically uh financially if possible at times things like that before they actually start doing anything spiritually because a lot of people they're not going to listen to the spiritual stuff if they don't re realize that the missionaries or the people talking to them also care about them as a person as well. But it's, as I said, it's one of those things, it's not having to worry about these fees of going from one currency to the other, not just the exchange rate, but that could fluctuate from when you do exchange and then when you head back of having to exchange back, but just the whole, I know that there's also fees when you do the exchange and then there's some places where you have to have so much or they're not going to exchange one to another. And so with that, I mean, as I said, I could see, cryptocurrencies, again, in a world where our central banks and the fiat system completely implodes, because I believe there won't be more, just Bitcoin. I believe that there will still be all the different coins. We just will find out it just won't be this whole mishmash of ones that are being speculated, oh, this this sounds like it would be cool to be put on the blockchain, or let's claim we're going to do something with blockchain and create this completely unusable, or this token that's not going to be used that we're going to sell, type thing. We'll probably see less of, we would probably see less of that, but we would see more of <clears throat> these coins like Litecoin and Dash 
and even to an extent for the even though you don't want it a lot of you probably don't want to hear it bitcoin cash and the other bitcoin forks because they are being they are more likely to be used as a method of payment as opposed to bitcoin which many will view as an investment something to hold on to like gold is right now although one thing i will admit is i did see a tweet by andy hoffman who about how he was helping one of his customers set up a treasurer wallet and his customer's grandchild was there and he asked the grandchild what he what the kid would do if his grandfather gave were to leave him or give him all of his gold and the grandchild said he would buy litecoin with it which just kind of goes to show that litecoin does have a good following and whether or not Andy Hoffman wants to admit it he kind of pointed out that just because bitcoin is gold doesn't mean there isn't room for other altcoins <laughs> but one thing and with the our current system though what i would say is first we need to kind i mean if i were to say anything i'd probably call myself like a crypto evangelist i've heard some people like that guy on the podcast this morning was talking about how he's not a bitcoin evangelist type thing but i see myself as what i'd say a crypto evangelist where and any of us in the crypto space whether we're a bitcoin maximalist or a bitcoin cash fan or part of the litecoin fam or any of the other altcoins what we really need to all consider ourselves are crypto evangelists and not just spreading the word to other people just your other average joes but also we need we need to work at getting like the banks and our governments to actually see the viability and usefulness that these cryptocurrencies have like what i've pointed out of it actually being a viable global currency without even having to displace any of the local currencies i mean even if i were to be using bitcoin for for like any international purchases i would probably still use us dollars locally because i would want to hold on to the cryptocurrencies for the global stuff and have them on hand for that and sometimes it's a lot easier just to pay with cash or things like that at times too but also not just let them have help them to see the viability and usefulness of the cryptocurrencies but also we should be trying to think of ways that we could kind of educate them on how to work with crypto i mean there've been a number of banks that have started to file with i can't remember if it's the SEC or the CFTC or one of these government organizations that they have to file with annually and a lot of them are saying because of customers wanting to do stuff with crypto 
and leaving them for banks that are more friend crypto friendly, they can't compete. And a lot of it's because they don't want to change what they're doing. And if they don't change what they're doing, yeah, they won't be able to compete. But a lot of people thought that email was going to eventually end the U.S. Postal Service. Well, the U.S. Postal Service is still around because they're for small items and things like that. And then there's also some stuff that you just can't do and send online through email. Like, I've worked with a coin dealer and we would we sell stuff on eBay and we can't send anything that they buy online. Online. I mean, I have to package it up and the cheapest, best option for us to ship it is printing a USPS label and sending it through the regular mail. And a lot of it's because the post office, to an extent, while some might not see it this way, they have evolved to work in a world where the handwritten letter isn't being sent so much, but there's other things that they have a use, that the post office does have a usefulness for. And we, as crypto evangelists, we need to kind of help the banks see, and the credit card companies, that's, see that there is still a way that they can work in a world and coincide with crypto and not try to be fighting against it or viewing it completely as something that's going to completely ruin them. So, hopefully this week was more of a positive look on the cryptocurrency world rather than last week's negative of what all I see wrong with it. And I would probably say for gear this week, I was going to mention about the one audio recorder I usually use. It's a Tascam. I believe it's the DR05. I know that they're still available on Amazon and stuff. It's a little cheap. It's There's a similar... They usually have a, a version that's similar to what the Zoom brand has. But they're a little cheaper. That's why I ended up getting one a number of years ago. And I've not tr tried the Zoom, so I can't really say on quality comparing between the two. But I will say, every week I use that Tascam at... Again, I'm a Christian. I, go, I do a videotape for... A ministry I'm involved with, a prayer breakfast we do. And we hold it in a restaurant. And the restaurant's kind enough to allow us to videotape it. And the thing is, is sometimes like the background music will be playing so loud and our table will be so big that I personally can't hear, can't hear too well what's going on, what's being said down at the other end of the table. But that little audio recorder somehow manages to filter out the background music that's so loud 
that sometimes that's all I hear, and able to just pick up everyone's voices to where when I'm editing the video, it is a good, clear audio. I mean, the camera I use has a very echoey sound to it. And there's been times when the batteries have died on me in, in the audio recorder, so I've had to rely on the camera's audio. And those times, I just... Uh, I've, I'm like... I really wish there, there was like an electrical outlet that I could just plug the USB in and have it running off of USB power while recording so I didn't have to worry about the batteries or things like that. And that, I mean, I probably need to get a new one because the, th the thing has taken so many falls that the battery cover I have to actually have duct taped on now. But other than that, that thing still works like a champ. And I've had it for about three or four years. So... This is Chuck Groover with Groover Solutions, signing out.